0: evening team hope we are doing well tonight we are chatting all things sorting your sleep and the aim of uh, this evening session is to better understand sleep the method the sort of the theory the method behind sleep if you like how it affects you on a daily basis and why it's so important and to start to create your own sleep routine now before i continue there are a couple of worksheets to accompany this evening's session so if you haven't seen them already they are in the facebook group i have just posted them um, and i will got the people who are with me live i'll quickly show you what lo- those look like now so it's literally uh five sorry six very very short sheets but the t- first one is going to be um, us talking through how your sleep is at the moment the second one is going to be talking about your circadian rhythm and, and the sleep barriers third one is basically a sleep checklist to make sure you've got everything you need to have ticked off for good sleep and then the last three are like troubleshooting your sleep should you need to sort of um, address it in the future all right so that's it the workbook that's in the group if you need it and um, you probably don't need it for tonight's session but a notepad and pen as always would be pretty handy so let's get into this evening's session before we kick off, what I'd like to do is I'd like to highlight the main area that you feel you can work on. So same as always, quick star graph. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six different points here. You don't need to do a star graph if you want to just put these headings down. So your regularity of sleep. So basically sleep times and wake times are they how regular are they how consistent are they next one is going to be your routine so your morning routine and your evening routine how zero to ten how would you rate that next one is your sleep quality so even when you have sort of five to six hours sleep so less sleep how's the quality of your sleep how much do you wake up basically or is it quite deep restorative sleep even when you have a little bit less do you still feel okay so zero to ten sleep quality next one sleep quantity zero to ten how many hours do you get of, of sleep? How how would you sort of score it? Seven would be, you know, seven hours is around a very, very good amount. Seven to eight hours is is a is a great amount. So sleep quantity, how many hours do you get? Next one then is your sleep environment. So your bedroom, your um evening, you know, how's your house in the evening? Is it all chaotic and manic, or is it quite calm with low lighting and those other things that we'll talk about today? So zero to ten on your sleep environment Uh, and then finally daytime so during the day are you drinking loads of coffee are you stuck inside all day you're not getting any steps in are you not drinking enough water you know how is your daytime how would you rate your daytime and if you're not sure because we haven't been through the session yet on why these are important or um you know how to rate them don't worry just give it your best shot regularity routines quality quantity environment daytime how would you rate these areas of your sleep zero to 10 i'll give you another five seconds or so okay hey alice we are just rating our sleep at the moment so we're looking oh let's pause that we're looking at sleep regularity sleep routines um sleep quality sleep quantity environment and daytime so regularity basically bedtime and wake time how regular are those Are they within sort of 15 to 20 minutes most nights? Routines, evening routines, morning routines. How strong are they? Zero to 10. Sleep quality. How much do you wake up during the night basically and do you feel rested in the morning? Sleep quantity. How many hours you get in? Sleep environment. What's your home like? What's your bedroom like? Is it set up for sleep? And during the daytime, are you doing the things that you need to for good sleep? Give it your best shot. Zero to 10. Rate those six areas for me. I'll give you 15 seconds. Tea is very hot. I'll go with my water instead of it. <laughs> okay. So, hopefully, you've had <clears throat> a second there to think about your sleep, and you should now have at least one or two that you would like to focus on out of these six key areas of sleep. So, why bother with sleep? What's the point in doing this session? Surely it's just something that happens at nighttime and we wake up and we feel fine, right? No, sleep is a hugely, hugely important part of health. It is, you know, as they say, the golden chain that binds our health and our bodies together. Thomas Decker said that be honest again i don't really know who thomas decker is but i love the quote sleep is a is the golden chain that binds our health and bodies together so why bother why is it so important memory is a huge huge um part of sleep long memories are consolidated into long-term sleep our brain is almost the metabolic waste from our brain is sort of it's not very scientific but rinsed and washed away and sent to the liver and, and to be processed and sorted so it's a sort of you can think of it as a restorative cleansing process even on the organ you know the organ level of course when you have poor sleep you notice your cognition your working memory even be affected your concentration your focus all of these sorts of things even your sort of mood and your resilience is impacted by sleep hormonal regulation and hormones of course stress patients how we manage stress we know that that capacity cup for the stresses of life shrinks when we have poor sleep right so if we want a big big the biggest bucket that we can have to manage with the twos and fros of life we want to get a really good night's sleep muscle recovery of course if we're training and moving around immune function central nervous system all the pretty much everything in the body is impacted negatively when you have less optimal sleep the two biggies if you're someone who gets quite snacky or quite hungry and you get that 3 p.m slump and you know you're looking for that quick fix the two biggies that are really really affected by sleep are your two hunger hormones ghrelin gremlin, the ghrelin gremlin as i call it which is your hunger hormone the one that makes you feel hungry that is increased to make you feel hungrier and then leptin lovely leptin the one that helps you to feel satiated and full is decreased so when you have a really crappy night's sleep you're hungrier and you need more food basically to give really the same response and the body obviously does this on purpose it's looking for that high energy input because it, you're, you're not rested right it's looking to, to get you through the day pretty much for survival so that is exactly why sleep is so so important like this quote says it's the golden chain that binds our health and our bodies together so i want to introduce you to your circadian rhythm and i think we've all probably heard of the circadian rhythm particularly as we've gone from quite nice light evenings to quite dark evenings we know that as the um daylight shifts it can have a huge impact on our circadian rhythm we talked about seasonal affective disorder uh last week i, th- I think it was I just want to talk you through what the circadian sc- rhythm is and some of the key points of it. So you'll see um, in the top left next to midnight, where it's nine o'clock, around nine o'clock, nine to 11 o'clock for most people, melatonin secre- secretion starts. And melatonin is a chemical which is responsible for helping you go to sleep, basically. The biggest thing that sort of, if you like, fuels this circadian rhythm is exposure to daylight. So you've got a bunch of cells um, on the bottom of your brain sort of, sort of thing. And they are called and always messes up suprachiasmatic nuclei. So it's basically it's a little bunch of light sensitive cells. And. Obviously, they are sensitive to light. So if we're out in daylight, if we've got a quite bright light, the whole point is that they receive that as a signal and your body doesn't produce melatonin to send you to sleep and it keeps you awake. OK, so that's one really, really important part is that melatonin secretion starts in the evening. However, that's affected by blue light and screen time. So, first tip there: limit screen time in the evenings. Another important hormone that is uh, responsible for part of the circadian rhythm is cortisol. And cortisol, you'll remember, is your stress hormone, right? Or one of your stress hormones. And cortisol is elevated when you wake up in the morning. So, to get you out of bed, sound and cortisol are the two main things that will wake us wake us up in the in the in the morning. And that is part of the circadian rhythm. Of course, you wake up cortisol is high which means if you have a very stressful busy morning and you haven't planned you haven't prepped and it's all over over the shop a little bit that's when you can find yourself getting really stressed really frantic because you've woken up with elevated cortisol and then you're adding more stress onto already existing stress. So it's not even 7.30, you're stuck in traffic, shouting at the kids. You know, you, you, you're you feeling really, really frustrated and really sort of wobbly before you even get into work. And that's what happens when we don't have a morning routine. So tip number two, make sure you've got a deep uh, a deep morning routine, a decent morning routine. Just seeing the word deep sleep there. So this circadian rhythm, what's the point? Why is it important to know? Well, this circadian rhythm, when we get it consistent and we, we get it on point, it is going to allow us to pick out when you are feeling at your best. So you might be someone who feels great in the morning. You might be someone who feels quite good of an evening and it's completely ind- individual on, on you. There's a genetic component to that as well. This the weird thing about the circadian rhythm is that it's going, it's going to basically, if, if we keep it consistent, it's going to allow us to have a really decent sort of steady energy level throughout the day. So as you can see on here, About sort of um 7.30 in the morning, roughly again, depends on when we wake, that melatonin secretion, that sleep hormone starts to really peter off. And that makes sense because that's when, you know, roughly when the sun comes up um, in a lot of places in in certain, so about now it's about the right time, isn't it? About seven-ish, seven thirty sunrise, you know, full sunrise, something like that. So around now, it makes sense that you know sunlight um comes out, melatonin drops, and we are awake and we are alert about 10 in the morning is usually this again this is a very sort of um typical example but about 10 in the morning is for a lot of people their highest alertness highest focus great like sort of um creativity time as well about sort of 2:30 in the afternoon 2ish Lots of people have their best coordination, which is a bit of a a weird one to think about. About 3 30 for lots of people, we have our fastest reaction time. So you think about it you've got high alertness, you have eaten a couple of meals, you drunk lots of water, you've had a lot of sun. You know, sun is obviously quite high at noon, isn't it? Um, So it all sort of makes sense. Then as we go sort of four to five o'clock, lots of people find their best cardiovascular strength, uh, their best muscle strength. As we go into the evening, our body temperature rises melatonin is secreted and then we get ready for bed pretty much so that's your circadian rhythm however if we don't quite get this right what can happen is for example um in the holidays coming up in the the christmas holidays if you wake up you know four hours after your normal wake-up time so you normally wake up at six and suddenly you start waking up at 10 you can imagine that this is like jet lag it's like your circadian rhythm your your body's natural clock has just been clicked a whole turn right and suddenly your body's waking up and it's 10 o'clock and it's like hang on a minute this is supposed to be my highest point of alertness and my cortisol's through the roof and i'm just waking up Like, what's going on hunger hormones can be affected you're suddenly not hungry and then you're very very hungry at different times concentration's a bit blurry you feel a bit groggy a bit foggy headed you know you're not really motivated you don't really want to get out of bed particularly in the winter so that's why keeping this bedtime wake time and meal times where possible as steady and as secure as you possibly can is going to be really really important so you can already see how the seasons might affect our sleep right so on the right you can see a blank one this is also in your workbook if you've got a copy if not you can just jot this down but it's really good for you to think about how does your circadian rhythm look at the moment so are you going to bed at midnight around here or are you going to bed at sort of you know um 10 11 ish sort of around here or maybe even nine how much sleep you getting? when are you waking up when when do you feel personally when do you feel most alert when is your focus the best when's your most creative hours when are your hours where you feel most motivated to go out and get a walk in when are you most motivated to train or get some additional movement in when are your meal times is it sort of 6 12 and 6 are you quite regimented or is it a little bit all over the shop I know that some of you listening uh, sometimes struggle with your meal times and keeping them consistent and, and appetite and things, and this leads you to get a bit snacky or just not to eat to, to not eat enough food throughout the day. So when it comes to those meal times and those uh, hunger hormones, try your best to keep them as regular as you possibly can. So that's the circadian rhythm. That's why sleep is so important. Let's talk about how sleep actually works, how this sleep cycle works. So just like your circadian rhythm being in a, in a loop and a cycle, so is your sleep. So actually, my diagram here isn't great because it's, it's linear. It's a line you should really, really think about this as a loop. OK, so non REM one to three and then REM sleep being rapid eye movement sleep um, REM sleep at the very end. But this is actually a loop. So Let's say you have a great night's sleep and everything goes to plan. What would actually a a typical night's sleep look like? So first of all, we start off with non REM one. okay, And it's the lightest sleep. It's the onset of sleep. Uh, We're just sort of getting into it and we've been relaxing for a little while we start to drift off you know that feeling where if someone was to make a noise you sort of startle a little bit that's this stage of sleep you're just dropping off into sleep you're just getting into it then we go into non-REM one uh, non-REM two sorry which is the second stage and in this stage our body temperature drops and that's quite significant for what I'm going to talk about later on our body temperature drops slightly our breathing rate drops our heart rate drops a little bit blood pressure and um, may start to drop here as well and that's about 20 minutes or so of your sleep cycle the whole cycle is about 90 minutes for the average person then we go into stage three stage three is that is the good stuff right it's the deepest level of sleep it's restorative your muscles relax your breathing again becomes very steady and gentle um, and deep blood pressure um reduces as well and this is where a lot of our muscle recovery happens right which is great good stuff then at the end we go into um what some people call like the dream state of sleep or rapid eye movement sleep and this is where the body is immobilized however the brain starts to fire up again and all sorts of stuff happens um uh, long uh, memories are consolidated into long-term memories. The brain becomes active, uh, the body relaxes and becomes immobilized. Like I said, and dreams occur in this state. So, if we're thinking about you know what are the important stages of sleep, really they're all important. Of course, they all play their part. But non-REM three and REM, which is stage four, the last two, the longer ones, are where a lot of the really restorative, important processes happen so what's the point in me telling you the theory the, the sort of methodology and theory of sleep so to speak why is that important for you to know so like i said this is a cycle and this cycle takes about 90 minutes so if you're wondering when do i need to go to bed or when do i need to wake up it's really good to work in 90 minute jumps because hopefully we can complete a whole cycle if you come out in the middle of a cycle so after let's say non-REM 3 and you don't complete a cycle you don't go back to that lightest sleep and come out at the at the end of, of sort of REM as the brains waking up if you sort of cut a cycle so to speak you will feel groggy you'll feel a little bit lethargic it's it's often that you can have nine hours sleep but wake up in the middle of a cycle and feel a little bit all over the shop and not quite right so where possible, if we can think about 90-minute cycles, it'll be really, really useful, right? So, for example, someone needs to get up at 6 in the morning. So we work back in an hour and a half jumps and we can find out how um, what time they need to be in bed. So, for example, let's work through one now. I can never remember hour and a half jumps, but 6 to 4.30, right? Tell me I'm right, to 3 o'clock, <laughs> to 1.30, to 12, to 10.30, right? So that is... Seven and a half hours sleep, isn't it? That's five sleep cycles, seven and a half hours sleep from 10.30 to six. Yes, that's right. Seven and a half hours sleep from 10.30 to six. So some this, this person needs to get to bed, needs to be asleep for 10.30, but that means they might need to get to bed for half nine if they take a long time to wind down, which we'll cover now. So use that. Start from when you need to be up, work back in an hour and a half chunks, get to the time you need to be asleep, And make sure you differentiate between your sleep time and your wake time. Sorry, your sleep time and your bedtime. Sorry, because the time that you fall asleep is going to be a lot later than your bedtime. So there's no point in saying, well, I need to be asleep by 11 and go into bed at quarter two because you're probably not going to be asleep by 11. So give yourself at least an hour. If that's an hour in bed, an hour winding down, whatever. Give yourself an hour before your sleep time to get ready. um, I'll put the quote in twice, have I? I'll put the quote in twice clearly forgot to put the other one in oh no that's a shame there's a quote um from the dalai lama and i've totally forgotten what it is i think it's i think the quote is sleep is the best meditation by the the dalai lama said that forgot to put it in anyway that's the theory of sleep that's why it's so important that's the circadian rhythm and that is your sleep cycle as well so quite a lot of information given to you there and got some messages in the chat so i'm just going to check those out quickly um that's why i have to go to bed so early i have to be asleep by nine yeah Alice, it's great that you sort of already know that and you've got great awareness around that. That's really, really positive. You know, you're, you're very aware of how much sleep you need and, and what you feel good on. And ultimately, we need to go with what makes us feel our best, right? Yes, we want to watch Netflix. Or we want to read a book or we want to call someone who lives in another country because when they're up or whatever. Right. We want to do these things. However, if it's going to make you feel a bit crappy the next day, we need to ask ourselves, is it really worth it? longer term is it worth an extra episode if it's going to impact on our sleep so like i said we've talked through why sleep is important the circadian rhythm and now we've talked through the sleep cycle so what we're going to do for the rest of the session it's only going to be about 15 minutes i want you to grab for me a notepad pen and we're going to build your own sleep routine right now so you're going to need some headers okay first header is going to be during the day so 6 a.m until 6 p.m the whole day then it's going to be in the evening time so here i'm thinking like five five or six till about nine then it's going to be about an hour before bed and then it's going to be about when you get into bed okay so just to recap those headers that you're going to need guys during the day in the evening an hour before bed getting into bed pretty much okay so those are the headers if you're not sure don't worry we're going to go for it now so what do you need to be conscious of during the day? What do we need to be working on during the day? I want you to pick out one or two from each section that you would like to work on if if need be. So during the day, you wake up in the morning, we need to make sure we've got a decent wake time. You're not leaving it till 15 minutes before you leave the house because you're going to be stressed and you're going to be overwhelmed. So a decent wake time that gives you enough time to wake up, ideally have 5 or 10 minutes to yourself to enjoy a drink or whatever and then get on with the day. If possible, again, this is an ideal world. I know it's not possible for everyone, but in an absolute ideal world, we would wake up and we would get some exposure to natural sunlight. Of course, this time of year, very, very difficult to do. Most of us are in school before, you know, by the time the sun is fully up. If that's the case, it might be worth for you just to get outside as the sun comes up to get outside at school and literally have five minutes just standing in the sun walking around. The reason being, it's going to really fuel that circadian rhythm. Your energy levels are going to be a million times better. Not a scientific amount there, but they're going to be a lot better if you are able to get a few five minute chunks of daylight in throughout the day. So maybe you could have one in the morning, just literally five minutes of sunlight, one in the morning, one at lunchtime. One before the sun goes down. If you can manage to get a little bit more daylight in your eyes and on your skin, it's going to really fuel that circadian rhythm. So I know. Waking up and go for a walk in the sunlight right now in this time of year, it's not really possible, is it for many of us? OK, unless you, you, know, you have your part time or you, um, you know, you can do this on the weekends, obviously, and things like that. Another thing to be conscious of during the day for your sleep routine is getting movement in. We want to use the muscles of the body, right? We want you to do something. We don't want you to be sedentary. It's not going to be great. You're going to be really lethargic and groggy in the early afternoon. And then you might have a nap or you might just not be um, tired of an evening where you want to go to bed. and You might suddenly become awake and alert because you haven't got the daylight. You haven't got that circadian rhythm. Again, like I said earlier, making your meal times consistent throughout the day. Try and keep your meal times to within about half an hour an hour max of of them so maybe you eat at a 7 30 to 8 every morning when you're in school for example and then maybe you eat at 6 30 to seven o'clock uh, sorry six till seven o'clock of an evening try and keep them consistent because it's going to fuel that loop if you like sunlight exposure like i said caffeine really 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 big one loads of people say caffeine doesn't affect me it might not be affecting you as you fall to sleep and you, and you can drift off to sleep okay. But actually, it might be affecting the quality of your sleep. So the quantity might be okay. It might be getting plenty of hours, but the sleep quality might not be as good. So caffeine has around a five-hour half-life. So if you have 100 milligrams at 3 p.m. as you're heading into a staff meeting 100 milligrams at 3 at 8 p.m. there's 50 milligrams going around your system and then at 1 a.m. I think that's right there's still 25 milligrams shuttling around your system and bear in mind if you had a coffee when you woke up and maybe a coffee late morning you've got all of that caffeine through your system you do build up a tolerance to caffeine but it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect your sleep it just means it uh, the, the benefits of caffeine so to speak are Uh, limited a little bit now caffeine is a really really interesting one i haven't spoken about this for a while but caffeine doesn't give you energy caffeine is a credit card for energy okay with caffeine what it does is it masks it can it can disguise itself and i've totally forgotten because i haven't spoken it for a while um i've forgotten what the particular receptor is not that it matters really but it, it can basically bind onto a receptor um and it basically masks tiredness it covers it doesn't give you energy it covers up how tired you are so imagine that there's um a chemical that comes and jumps on to here and says, this is you feeling tired and it comes and it says right i'm now binding on you are tired go and get some rest right that's how tiredness works it tell you tell your brain that you're tired okay the body has to otherwise we keep going and we keep going and we, we die so Body tells the brain that we are tired. Caffeine can basically stop that from happening. And it's like a credit card. So what happens is you pay more back in the future. You get even more tired. Once the caffeine wears off, you're absolutely shattered. So if you're someone who doesn't get through the day and then crashes, it may be that you're over-relying on caffeine and you're just masking your tiredness too much. Hydration, again, staying well hydrated is very, very important for sleep. Goes without saying. And getting some good training sessions in as well can be really, really useful. Okay, so hopefully you've got a few things there under that header that you'd like to work on and a couple of notes taken to make sure that your day part of your routine is solid for sleep. Let's move on to the evening then. So evening time. A few key things to think about here. So here we're thinking about sort of 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. say. Eat your dinner at a suitable time. Don't eat it really, really early so you're starving when you go to bed, and don't don't eat it super, super late so you're uncomfortable when you go to bed. Plan and prepare for the next day. It's really, really common for us to get into bed and have a very, very busy mind. Okay, but if you have planned, prepped, you've left your bag by the door, your shoes are out, your outfit's ready, you know what's going on, you have thought about the next day, you might have even you know practiced some gratitudes whilst you're brushing your teeth going to bed. You thought of something you're proud of, something that's gone well, and something you're looking forward to the next day. Really good way to calm down and sort of look for positives by the way you know you might have done all of that you planned you prepared your lunch is in the fridge you got a note on the front door saying don't forget your lunch all that good stuff there is so much less on your mind there's less to worry about because you've got ahead of it right you've already planned and prepared and I know this is so boring it's so boring it's adulting it's not exciting stuff it's not flashy or it's not like a silver bullet it's not very sexy as it is you know plan your day I know how dull advice it is but it is it is really really important imagine imagine your working week right as being a road right on the road if you don't do any planning or anything it's like there's tons of debris on it there's wheelie bins and a broken down car and trees have fallen over and lampposts have come down there's new potholes and you know i don't know there's there's sheep rolling across the road you know? all this stuff is like that is, is life it's forgetting your lunch, it's a parent calling you as you're walking out the door, it's it being parents' evening, there being a staff meeting, you know, Ofsted rocking up, right? All of these different things are like the debris on your road. When you plan and you prepare for the next day, it's like you're removing that debris. So, yes, there's a pothole here and there's a tree to avoid over there. But generally speaking, you've cleared the path and it's a lot smoother and a lot easier. In the evening as well, moving on, then minimize napping. Try not to have a nap. And if you're going to nap, limit it to 20 minutes. Have a clear bedtime. If I if I ask any of you what, what time do you go to bed, you should be able to tell me it's not something for children. It's something for all of us. OK, so reason why it's so important for children and it continues to be important into adulthood. Begin to limit your screen time as you move through the evening and a biggie, 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 minimize alcohol. So we've already minimized caffeine, minimize alcohol. Again, same thing. Alcohol can help us to fall, fall asleep but it is terrible for the quality of our sleep. So try not to drink as much as you possibly can. Moving on then, one hour before bed. So let's say we get into about nine o'clock-ish for most people, one hour before bed. For most of us, we don't really need to eat at this time of day, and actually it can disrupt our sleep. So don't have a big bag of Haribo before going to bed. Don't have a can of Monster or a, or a, or a Coca-Cola with all the caffeine just before bed. Try not to eat because most people want to go to bed on a slightly empty stomach, not you know hungry, but a slightly empty stomach just because that's how most people feel comfortable. Some people do like a little snack before bed and that's a very individual thing. Avoid screen time. At this point, 16 minutes before bed, we should be cutting out screen time. One of the worst things you can do for sleep is to sit and scroll on your phone probably one of the worst number one it's going to trigger cortisol because you're going to see something that stresses you out someone else's display a reminder you're looking at your screen and suddenly an email comes through minimize screen time not just for the blue light affecting your sleep hormone melatonin but also because of activity for the brain we want to minimize brain activity we want to just reduce it down to a nice calm easy level reduce the light turn off any big bright lights try to get some warm bulb lamps if you can nice low minimal lighting maybe a candle or two minimal lighting keep the room nice and cool minimal noise and minimal activity if you're someone who is watching netflix up until 10 minutes before bed and you're saying oh yeah but i fall asleep great i'm, I'm fine you know it's easy but you're waking up feeling groggy or you wake up in the night it's not fine it is impacting you so be really careful about it something that for our teachers is a big big no-no is going into bed with loads of thoughts on your mind you know particularly from emails and, and, and to-do lists and things so as much as possible try to clear your mind journal talk things out with with other people at home just mind dump do create a, 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 an an uh, eisenhower matrix do delay delegate delete get it out of here and onto paper or onto something, you know, yeah, it will have to be paper because you're not using your phone, right? Get it out of here onto paper or do a voice note to yourself, anything. Get it out. You need to clear your mind because you, you will have so much going on. You've got to get it out, right? So we've done all of those things now. We've reduced screen time. We've reduced light and noise. It's about what 15 minutes before to go to bed before we go to bed we want to start to really calm our mind and get ourselves into a flow state this woman here with the hot cup of something she's like me she's having her peppermint tea she hasn't got a big coffee in there don't worry um so things that you can do to get yourself into a flow state and calm your mind so we are thinking about calming our central nervous system calming our breathing down creating a, a nice relaxing atmosphere and things like reading coloring puzzling music meditation i love a soundscape i love headspace i love just lying in there and doing some breathing and stuff um i'm not going to mention names but someone in the team has been doing meditation before bed for about i think about a month now and she says it is just completely changed completely changed her sleep her and her partner have been doing it together and at the beginning they kept sort of like keeping one eye open like laughing about it and stuff because it is a bit funny to begin with but then they both got into it and they both are sleeping amazingly so you know it works. It does work. Once you're now, so that's before bed. Now we're in bed. We need to think about our sleep space. Again, what you can see on the screen guy watching TV in bed, big, big no no. Don't be watching TV in bed. It's not good for all the reasons we've spoken about before. Bedroom, what should it be like? A nice, cool temperature, some fresh air coming through the window, as dark as possible, really. Cover up all lights where you can, minimal noise, clean, comfy bedding. If you haven't washed your bedding in a month, get it in the washing machine uh, it's got to be done it's not going to be nice to be you know um uncomfortable and just not you know got a pillow that's got lumps in it and stuff got to be clean and got to be comfortable right a warm shower before or a warm bath before can really really work like i said before when we talked about the sleep cycle our body temperature comes down in the big in the second stage of sleep and to sort of naturally Get that going if you like. We can have a nice warm shower. It's relaxing, some nice music, you know, treat yourself to a nice shower scrub or something, really sort of give yourself some TLC, right? You can't shower, you're clean, which is very relaxing. You put on your nice clean pajamas, and then you're in this nice cool room. So your temp body temperature is going from a little bit warmer and it's cooling really, really nicely. Your bedroom should be actually be cool to, to a little bit nippy, a little bit cold a warm bedroom isn't great because again it can create a, a stuffy feeling it, you know if you're too hot you're going to wake up in the night you're going to be sweating we want it nice and cool the temperature at this time of year is great for sleep if you can have your window ajar you want it you want to be able you want to have to sorry get into bed and warm up and snuggle that's really the kind of what we want imagine cave people they would have slept in caves all of the conditions you can see above that that amount, that's basically what a cave sleeping in a cave would be like bother clean and comfy bedding right it would be cold it would be dark it would be minimal noise it would be tons of fresh air okay that's that's what we're we haven't evolved much from that at those times this is that these are the conditions that are great to get us a good night's sleep uh something that's got some really good research into it as well recently has been lavender essential oils not the artificial lavender scented stuff the actual lavender oil has got some decent research on your pillows and on on um you know a bit of a uh, 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 he said napkin napkin like a handkerchief or whatever you call it uh that can that can work quite well so you're in bed we've done all the above you know we've we've got as many of those things in place as possible you're in bed now there's a few things that you can do to help you to really calm that state down okay so there's something called four seven eight breathing so we put our tongue out a little bit and we breathe out for four seconds we hold for seven seconds um and we breathe in sorry we breathe in for four seconds we hold for seven seconds and we breathe out for seven seconds it's something about the feeling on your tongue and the natural sound is apparently very very good for calming the central nervous system give it a go right again if you if you can't breathe out for eight seconds you don't go passing out because you're trying to breathe out for too long adjust those timings in, in in that ratio right something that i love to do is a body scan and i've got this from Headspace but just lying down you're in bed starting from the tip of your head imagine sort of scanning down through your body you're just checking in you're not stopping and spending time in any particular area you're just scanning through the body you're thinking how does my head feel how do my ears feel how's my nose feel and you're just scanning for any tension any tight muscles anything like that and as you go through a muscle muscle or a body part just imagine that you're just releasing that tension and you're just letting go right you're just letting go and all the tension flows out of that area you can start at the top of your head you can start with the feet lots of people start with the feet because they're at the bottom of the bed obviously visualize your feet the muscles in your feet relaxing and letting go same with into your calves and into your um, hamstrings at the back of your leg and your glutes on on your bum and and then your quads at the front of your leg right Imagine those muscles relaxing and letting go as you breathe. Something else I really like, uh, again, from Headspace is this focus activity. So it's supposed to be for practicing focus, but I actually find it really relaxing. So it's all very sort of up for interpretation. But the way that I imagine it is like a ball of sunlight. And imagine like a sort of nice warm ball of glowing light. And it's similar. You sort of have it coming from your your feet, sorry, and it passes from your feet up to sort of just below your belly but, uh, belly button. Then from there it passes up to your diaphragm, diaphragm up to your chest, chest to your throat, throat to your forehead, I think. I can't remember now, between your eyebrows, and then from between your eyebrows to um, up above your head, right? So Those are like I think those are the chakras, aren't they, or something uh, without getting too much into it. But that's something I took from Headspace and I find that really relaxing as well. Then you can think about diaphragmatic breathing. I said that right first time. Uh, So chest and belly breathing, tightening the stomach and really sort of thinking about your um, belly breathing out and in. Okay, and we can talk about that in a bit more detail another time if you would like to. Finally, last slide from me is for when you can't sleep. When you're really struggling to sleep, the last thing we want to do is start to associate your bed and your sleep environment with um not being able to sleep, counting sheep, getting frustrated, getting getting annoyed with it. So what we can do is we can move away from that sleep environment. Again, clear your mind. If you're angry about something, if you've got something on your mind, you might want to write a hot letter. So I got this from a president, I can't remember which president it was. But imagine that you um are really really angry at someone or something that has happened imagine that you get a notepad and pen and you write a letter a very hot-headed letter to that person or uh, to that thing that has happened and you express all everything that's going on your head you clear your head get it all onto paper you fold it up you put it in a drawer and you just forget about it right you but this this is about processing and getting it out of your head just clearing your mind again you could do some journaling you do some mind dumping the other things work you know puzzling um Reading, meditating, breathing, your favorite music, try to keep your sleep state consistent. So, again, um, try and keep yourself as sleepy as possible. Cool room, dark quiet minimal screen time all of those kinds of things to keep your sleep environment as optimal as possible headspace has got some great sleep things on there um there's the calm app as well which is really really good um there's a few other apps as well i personally use sleep cycle to help me track my sleep and it also wakes me up more gently and it wakes me up within about a half an hour period it has a mic also uses your phone microphone but it, it basically listens Um, very sensitively to sort of movement and through that it tries to track when you're in your lighter stages of sleep and wake you up when you're in your lighter stage so again you're trying to do a full cycle before you come out and you basically wake up in a 30 minute window that's quite useful sometimes if you've got that flexibility Um, But yeah, that is it, guys. That is everything for sleep. That was a bit of a deep dive. We've talked about the circadian rhythm. We've talked about why sleep's so important. We've talked about how your sleep cycle works, in 90-minute cycles. We talked about what to do during the day, what to do in the evening, what to do before bed, what to do when you're in bed, and what to do when you can't sleep. Do we have any questions, team? I tell you what, I'm going to finish the podcast here um, just so you guys don't have to listen to me for too long. So if you've joined me on the podcast, cheers for coming, and I'll catch you really, really soon. (laughs) Yeah every can